We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It is that time, Irish Breakdown fans, Notre Dame fans. It is Sunday, August 28th, which means a week from now, Vince and I will kick off a show where we are going to do our first upon further review of the season. So we're kind of kicking off our game week coverage. We can't do it upon further review today unless we want to discuss that travesty of a game in Ireland yesterday with Northwestern and Nebraska. We're going to focus on good football this year. And we are going to do our 2022 season prediction show. We're going to have some fun. We're going to go do sort of superlatives, predict stats leaders. We're going to predict some stats for Tyler Buckner this year. We're going to do our MVPs, predict All-Americans. And then, of course, at the end, we will pick the Notre Dame record for the season. And then we will uh, kind of finish things up with our college football playoff pick. So, guys, that is what we're going to do today. Of course, I am joined as always, by my guys, Vince D'Addario here on above my right shoulder on your left on the top. And of course, Ryan Roberts, our director of recruiting over there, over my left shoulder that way. And guys, you know, it, it's been a the offseason has kind of went by super slow. And then we got about two weeks ago and I'm like, OK, we've got two weeks before the season starts. We got time to finish some stuff. And then boom. Which Vince is a football coach. Ryan is a former football coach. You guys know that That's last exactly week how it goes. <laughs> you think it's going to go as slow as the rest of the year, and it doesn't. But the foot, the 2022 Notre Dame football season is upon us, guys. We're less than a week away. Can't wait, man. This is this is what we've been waiting for for so long. And you're absolutely right. When you know, all summer I'm like Labor Day, Labor Day. It's so far away, <laughs> and now all of a sudden it's like you blink and it Labor like September is this week. Like we will be into September this week. It's like, how yep. did it get here so fast? So we are starting our game day podcast and how we're gonna yep. do, you know, our game day week and all of this fun stuff. So I'm I'm pumped, man. Like this is, I'm settling into my nice Sunday night routine. You know, talk some ND football, get a good night's sleep, and just wake up for the week, man. I'm I'm fired up, fired up. And Ryan, this is going to be your first season with Irish Breakdown. So obviously, Ryan That's joined right. us at the very beginning of 2022 year. Uh, but this is going to be his first season officially, officially with us. For those of you that read the website, irishbreakdown.com, Ryan did do some stuff for us last year during the season. He did some NFL draft preview stuff for each game, looked at the opponent's top draft or draft eligible players, top draft prospects. He's going to have a little bit more of a role this season uh, oh, yeah. looking at those different things. And so we're going to. We're going to have a whole lot going on. Of course, Sean Styers is our beat writer. We've got all types of fun stuff. We're going to also probably a little bit tonight and, and tomorrow kind of dive into what our in-season content package is going to look like. It is going to look different. Obviously, we have a lot more shows this year. Monday is going to be Ryan. This week, it's going to be Ryan and Sean Davis. We're going to try to make that a regular thing. So Monday is going to be sort of a rec- part recruiting show. So wrapping up whatever action we saw from Notre Dame's commits and top prospects that weekend talk whatever recruiting news might be there when Notre Dame has visits we'll wrap up sort of how the visits went all that kind of stuff will be on Monday and then Ryan and Sean and occasionally I'm sure I'll I'll be on there to cover for somebody 
we'll then talk about sort of the games of the weekend, sort of a wrapping up the weekend on top of not just the Notre Dame stuff, but the other games that are part of that as well. Tuesday, we are going to kind of take a first glance look at the Notre Dame opponent. So Ryan and I will we'll talk about the upcoming opponent. We'll break down. We won't do some. We won't do film because it gets a little tricky with copyright type of stuff. But we're going to have plenty of cut ups to kind of show you. Hey, look, this is their base defensive alignment. We'll talk personnel. Just sort of whet your appetite a little bit about what you can expect. Uh, Notre Dame is going to face that upcoming weekend. Wednesday will be sort of a – we'll start diving into the stats, start diving into the matchups and and do our stacking up articles. So this year it's going to be partly the stats breakdown like we did last year, run game versus run defense, pass game for pa- versus pass defense. Do that into one show. And it will also – within that we'll kind of talk about the matchups that will impact those battles. Thursday is going to be our keys to the game show. So Ryan and I will obviously dive into what we think are the keys to victory for name on both sides of the ball. And on Friday, we're going to have some fun. We'll make predictions. So we'll predict the Notre Dame games and then sort of the big games that we kind of see coming up that weekend. Vince will be part of that guy over there. We'll be on Monday and Wednesday, Vince. We'll yes. be with Sean Steyer. So yep. obviously they'll have their 6 o'clock show every, every night, Monday to Thursday, 6 p.m. Eastern. It'll be Vince for a couple days. Jesse will be there. Wednesday night will be the one thing that will be a little different. They're going to do a mailbag that night. Ryan and I, Tuesday to Friday, will do a mailbag every day, a a mini mailbag every single day. So that's going to be there instead of the one big mailbag at the end of the week. We're going to do that every day. The actual mailbag will now be Sean and Vince. Couldn't, couldn't let you Wednesday have it. Night. Had to so, steal it, man. It's my favorite day of the week. Well, I was like, you know, I want to keep doing it on Friday, <laughs> but I was like, Vince can't do it this year on Friday. Yeah. And, and nobody loves mailbag more than Vince. And so as your friend, even just as your friend, forget all that other stuff. As your friend, I was like, I can't take the mail. <laughs> yeah, I can't do that to him. So. Great. So Friday, we'll get into our predictions for the Notre Dame game and those upcoming games and have some fun with it. Saturday morning, 10 to noon, will be our IB countdown to kickoff with Vince and Sean Stiers. I'll have a segment on it. Ryan will occasionally have a segment on it. It'll be just like Saturday, Notre Dame at the beginning, national games at the end. Post-game show, we will have right at, it'll be at some point in time after the show, which is why you need to like, subscribe, yep. and hit the notification That's bell the so biggest you know about when times. we are going live. Right. And then, of course, on Sunday night, Vince and I will do our whew, upon further review. And if there's any commitments during the year, you know we'll be getting them. Me and Ryan will be getting together to break those down. Right. So that is our in-season content plan. I cannot wait, guys. This is going to be so, so much fun and way more for you all now. Our staff is way bigger. It was basically me last year and Vince when he, you know, taken during his lunch break. You know, now <laughs> we're going to have a lot more for you. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I can't wait. But, guys, let's get to the topic at hand. Notre Dame 2022 football season. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
we're going to start with kind of some easy stuff. Not some easy stuff. We're going to kind of build up to the crescendo of MVPs and bold predictions and All-Americans and then final predictions. Let's start off and have a little bit of fun. Who is going to be the breakout player for the Notre Dame offense in 2022? A breakout player. Now, here's the we did have some fun. Number one, none of us know who hmm. the other guy is going to pick. We purposely did that. I did not give them a lot of instruction on who yeah. to pick to make it a little bit more interesting. Right. There was no, there was right. no like rules about what, Correct. what is a breakout player. Did that know? on purpose. Right. <laughs> so a breakout player is not a whole lot different than what we've been in the, done in the past, Vince. So you should be prepared. It's a guy that either goes from just a nice, good player to a star, a guy who goes from a rotation player to a guy that's now a really key part, you know, a, a big producer or someone who didn't play at all that becomes sort of a, wow, this guy was a really important piece. So for an example, last year, Jason Adamiola, not really used a ton in 2020, kind of a light rotation player. Even though he doesn't start, he has lead second in the team in stat, sacks and that type of guy. That can be considered a breakout player. Michael Mayer goes from pretty good freshman to star as a sophomore. That also can be considered a breakout player. So it gives you a lot of flexibility on the direction that you want to go. And let's start off, guys. So we'll go breakout players first on offense. Vince, we start with you. It's easy for me because this guy went from a role player to a starter who needs to have a great season. It's Tyler Buckner. He's going to be the breakout player on offense. I know that's that's kind of a layup. Maybe it's maybe it's the softball, the slow pitch softball in me or whatever, but how could it not be Tyler Buckner for me? He has to be the breakout player in order for Notre Dame to be the offense and the team that I think that they're going to be all season. He has to be a breakout player. So it's Tyler Buckner for me. See, see Vince, I, I, I think we're completely on the same wavelength because I actually was kind of jostling between a couple guys. And I mean, I'll say at first I had Lorenzo Styles Jr. listed as my breakout player, but then I had to defer to Tyler Buckner. I ended up changing it like right before the show because I'm like, <laughs> he is the biggest key to the team, not only just the offense. Like right. the, I think the team really depends on how good Tyler Buckner is this year. He's the quarterback and it's a, you know, going from a simplified, you know, gadget role last year as a true freshman to starting quarterback is a big jump. And I think he has everything in it to be that type of star player. So I also went with Tyler Buckner. I mean, he was the definition of a role player, right? He had a role in the offense. That's what he did. Now he's a starter and he has to be the catalyst for everybody else on offense for this team to be successful. It has to be him. I'm going to go a different direction. And I think both of you are spot on with what you said. But because you guys did that, I'm going to agree with you that he will be a breakout player nationally. But I'm going to go with a little bit of a sleeper breakout, a guy that maybe isn't getting the the assumption that he's going to break out a little bit. And I'm going to throw my hat in the ring for Braden Lindsay. I agree with all the things you guys said. I'll have some plenty to say about Tyler Buckner later, guys. You both know that. But I'm going to go in a different direction with breakout player and just say my I'm going to, you know, because I can, I'm going to, tweak the rules a little bit for myself and say it's assumed Tyler Buckner's already assumed that he's going to have a big jump in production. So what about somebody that maybe we're not talking about this year that I think is not going to just be a role player, but a guy that's going to be an impact player for this football team this year. I thought about Chris Tyree. I thought about Lorenzo styles. I thought about Tyler Buckner, but I knew I had faith in you two that that's where you would go. So I'm glad you guys went where you did. Uh, I thought about Joe Alt, Blake Fisher, right? There was a I'm lot going, of candidates. Yeah. I'm calling Braden Lindsay because, and the reason is, I feel like people have already kind of a lot of folks have kind of written him off, and I understand guys don't normally have like big breakouts as fifth year seniors, but I think there's a little bit of an extenuating circumstance here: injuries early in his career, horrible coaching all of his career, and I think he's going to be a guy that I think is going to, and and I think Braden's had a a sort of a come to Jesus moment this off season with himself, and hey man, this is your last chance. Yeah to be that guy that you know you can be. And I think he's going to step up and be that guy, fellas. I mean, that's a really interesting way to go, Brian, because honestly, my 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 battle internally was the the sophomore class this year. You know, I was like, <laughs> well, I want Styles. Do I want Buckner? Pick some dice. Okay, one is Tyler Buckner, two is Joe Alt, three is Logan <laughs> right. Diggs. Blake, Bam, I mean, Blake Fisher could have been a guy, too, if you're being technical, right? I mean, like, yeah. easily. So, I yeah. mean, it was the whole sophomore class. And, I mean, honestly, you just mentioned it. Some people are hesitant, like myself, because I've been calling Brayden Lindsay a breakout candidate for like four years. It just hasn't really happened yet, you know? Yeah. But 
yeah. for the sake of Notre Dame football, they really need Brain Lindsay. So I am down for it, man. And I am hopeful yeah. for it for sure. Now, this next one, I have a feeling we're going to all be on the same page on this one, but let's see how it goes. Vince, start us off. Who is your breakout player on defense? I feel like there. So I took this one a little bit differently than I did the Tyler Buckner one because my breakout player is was a starter last year. Okay. okay. And I feel like he hasn't gotten the respect nationally that he deserves. I know where he's going now. <laughs> I know you do. He hasn't gotten the respect, and I feel like he is going to play at All-American level. And I, it's Cam Hart. He's <laughs> going to break out. Look. You can't. Oh, I, th- I thought the lead up was Jason Adam Alola for a second. No, no. Uh, if you were on this show a year ago, you'd have known exactly who he was going with as soon as he said it. You can't be the honorary president of the fan club of Cam Hart and not choose him to be the breakout player of the year. Okay. Period. End of discussion. I would have my credentials revoked. I'd have to turn in my blazer. We can't have that. So my members only jacket is safe. Cam Hart is going to break out because he's going to go from a trusted starter to an all America level. That's a breakout for me. So, Vince, I believe this is the second year in a row you chose uh, Cam as your breakout for the reasons that we said. There's different criteria. Last year was a guy that never played to a pretty good player, so I think Cam did. Now you're saying pretty good player to star. Yes. Correct? 100%. Because there's going to have to be a star besides Brennan Joseph in the secondary, and I think Cam Hart is absolutely poised to be that guy. Absolutely. Let's say you're sticking with the brand, Vince. I, I, I have to stick with my brand too. I had two players that I was going between. I have to go with Maris Loyfell, though. Okay. I think that he is the difference maker on the second level that Notre Dame hasn't had in a few years, if we're being completely honest. And he brings a completely different style to the table from an athleticism length perspective. I, I'll be completely honest, though. It was between him and Riley Mills for me, but I had mm-hmm. to go with Maris Loyfell because I think that he could just be an absolute difference maker at the linebacker's position. You know, Vince, it's a sign of a good friendship when you can keep each other on your toes. I was for certain you were going to go with Maris Lufa. I thought you were both going to go with Maris on this one. So uh, <laughs> I, I I love that you doubled down and went with Cam. Ryan, I had the same two as you as a battle, but I also had Jason Adamiola in there yeah. in my conversation simply because he isn't getting the national love. But he and, and honestly, too, he doesn't have the production to be considered a star right now. And I right. and I thought about going with him. I thought about going with Riley. But I feel like no, he's going to have a really good year. But I do think that he's going to be part of a rotation with Alexander Ahrensberger and, and Nana. And he's going to have a really good season. But I think that Maris Lufau, if he if he's healthy and we expect him to be healthy, it's more about staying healthy. Sure. I think he's ready for a star. I think I think he he's a guy that's going to jump out and be, hey, this is that guy. This is that dude that steps up and really takes <laughs> things off for Notre Dame and they're on this defense. So I, I see him being you know, double digit tackles for loss, four or five sacks, a few picks and really being an incredibly disruptive player for Notre Dame. So I am going with Maris Luafau. Now, before we move on to the next one, guys, we got a big super chat from my guy, Riza buddy. Thank you so much. He said, this is a top gun babysitter fund. You can thank uh, Northwestern for being better than people thought or for Nebraska hey. being trash. You choose. He listened so that, to me. He listened to that, me he yesterday. He That's did. what he did. He I, did. I, know, I know we're not getting into that game, but man, that game yesterday, I felt like neither team wanted to win that game. You yesterday. know what? It, it was in Nebraska or Northwestern for deciding in the last five minutes. You know what? We do want to win this game. We're going <laughs> to stop jerking around because that was bad football. And they started averaging like yeah. nine yards a carry in the like, fourth quarter. That like, onside was... kick, like literally, if I was the AD, I would have revoked. Scott Frost plane <laughs> oh, ticket man. at that moment. So you find your own way home. You know North, what I mean? North, like, Northwestern running it on third and eight and third and 10 in field goal range twice too. I was just like, oh my God, come on guys. Does anybody want to win the football game today? I don't know. Maybe. Yes. Oh, boy. Yes. Did you see yes. the the uh, the tweet I sent you, Brian, earlier today? from the? Oh yeah, about the, the Mission Impossible thing? <laughs> the, the, uh, the Big Sky Conference? Oh yeah. Nebraska oh, football good. is going to be playing yeah. in the Big Sky Conference soon. And, and they actually tweeted, now nah, we're good. I saw that. <laughs> the, the one I thought you were talking about was the one where uh, it was a Mission Impossible thing where uh, Tom Cruise's character jumps like jumps on a plane and he's hanging on as it's taking off. He's like, I'm on the plane. Let me in. And they put Scott Frost's face over Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Anyway, this is a Notre Dame preview, guys. Let's get back on yeah. track. But when Reza hit you with a super chat like that, we got to bring it up. and Love and, it, man. And address Thanks. It. So I appreciate you. Thanks. Appreciate you very, very much. 
All right, fellas, let's move on to role players. Who is the top role player? We can define it a lot of different ways. He can be a starter who produces but is not considered – he's more of a complementary type of player, can be considered a role player. Avery Davis, for example, last year would have been someone that postseason I would have said, hey, you can make a case for him being the top role player, even though he was a starter. He was a complementary piece. Or it can be someone who's a rotation guy that you think is an integral integral part of your rotation. So, Vince – Let's start off on offense. Who is your top role player? So I went almost completely different between all, my offensive role player, and my defensive role player, and like how I defined it. But my offensive role player, I went with a guy who I think they're going to be able to trust in you know third downs. You know, somebody that Tyler Buckner is going to know and have confidence in, and be able to go to almost as a security blanket anytime that he wants. And he's going from a non-starter last year to a starter this year and potentially the best receiver in the room. I picked Lorenzo Styles, and I know that that doesn't necessarily what a role player is, but I feel like his role is the go-to guy mm-hmm. in the receiver room. That's a role player to me, if that makes sense. Like, that's the first thing that came to my mind. So I picked Lorenzo Styles here okay. as my role player on offense. I think it's fair, Vince. I mean, honestly, I mean, because I think there's some people like, I mean, like some people may say, you know, Lorenzo might end up being the guy in the passing game, right? But then some other people might say it may be a little more departmentalized, you know, like this guy might have this X amount of yards, this guy, this guy. So I think it's, I think it's fair. I mean, honestly, like there could be a world where Lorenzo Styles is a really good player, but he's not the alpha alpha of all the receivers, right? So I think that that really fits in the role, role player. I went, on the offensive side of the football with, I define the running back room this year as kind of a platoon. Well, I don't want to say a platoon approach, but a, a committee approach. But yeah, right? So I can make a case, I think, for Chris Tyree, Audric Estime, or Logan Diggs for this category. I opted for Audric Estime because I think that his role in this offense is going to be very important. I think that he's the player that is going to wear defenses down, goal line, short yardage. He's going to have a really big role early on in those in those capacities but then eventually i do think that he could be a breakout star down the line right Mm -hmm. but i think for the majority of the season he's going to be one back in a three back committee but then eventually he could take the step to being the guy down the line so ryan you're kind of saying like really good part of rotation like maybe in november he really just like okay is wearing teams down you get late in the season like okay you ride him a little bit more in that late in the month as notre dame looks to put put things away with their okay I exactly. He's a, cl- he's a, he's a closer for me, Brian, especially yeah. like down the course of the season where like, it's like, okay, now we're getting near the end. We want to keep Chris Tyree, you know, as, as healthy as possible, maybe limit some of the touches Logan Diggs coming back from a preseason injury. want to make sure he's healthy down the stretch. Like that's, sure. I think he's the hammer. He's the closer, if you will. I'm going, I think those were both great picks. I think we could have chosen Braden Lindsay for this, for this one. I think yeah, we could have t- taken one of the receivers was, or yeah. Joe Wilkins, Jaden Thomas, some of those guys. We could have gone with any of the backs, right? I think you made a great point there, right? I think Zeke Carell could have been one because, again, starter, but not necessarily the guy, but really needing to be a quality part of it. I'm going in a little bit different direction, and I bet you both, neither one of you guys thought of, that I would go here. I'm going Kevin Bauman. Oh. Everybody I've talked to said he had a really good oh. fall camp. He's not a guy that's going to go out there and catch 30, 40 balls this year, most likely. He may not catch more than 10 but he's going to be a really important piece of this offense. Whatever he does production-wise, it's going to be clutch. It's going to be a lot like what we saw from George Takis last year. I've heard that his blocking has improved. And if the things I've heard about Kevin Austin are true, or excuse me, Kevin Austin, Kevin Bauman are true this year, and he is a, a he has upped his blocking now that he's healthy. He is kind of being a, 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 a an occasional playmaker in the pass game. I think we're going to see him actually produce more than George Takis because one of the things that I've heard is they have a little bit more faith in his catching ability. George was a more dynamic player, but George apparently was a little bit inconsistent at times in practice. My rebuttal to that would be, yeah, but he never dropped balls in games. You know what I mean? So like, get. I think the kid's going to have a breakout year for BC this year, but you know, coach has got to have that trust, and I think they're going to have a little bit of trust in Kevin Bauman. I think by the end of the year, other guys may kind of pass him up for the pass-catching role. But his role as a blocker in the 12th personnel this year is going to be a very, very important part of what this team is going to do. There will be other role players, guys, that will produce more than Kevin Bauman. But as you and I both know, that number two blocking tight end is a very important, not sexy at all 
part of this offense, and I think Kevin Bauman's going to play it and play it well. It's not sexy, but it's important. I mean, yeah. say what you want about you know Tommy Reese and his creativity and all of these different things. He's going to have two tight ends on the field, and he's going to have two tight ends on the field a lot. And you know, you can't you can't take that out of his DNA when he's been playing, you know, play calling with that for so long because you can do so many things with that. And I think he's going to do some different stuff with the two tight ends. It's not just going to always be two guys attached or one guy attached, one guy in a wing. You know, it's not going to necessarily be your old school two tight end stuff all the time, but he's going to be a super important part of this offense. No question about it. Silently. New, New Jersey, great. So I approve, Ryan. I knew Ryan was going to – I knew that was coming. And look, you know what, Ryan? I got to keep my people happy. You know, I got to throw I got to throw that in there for you. So They're let's go defense. There, let's go defense, fellas. You know, there's a couple times now so far that I thought we would all be on the same page. This is another one. I have a feeling we may all be on the same page. But oh, I doubt you, guys are gonna, you guys are going to surprise me a little bit. So, so Vince, <clears throat> top role player for Notre Dame in 2022 on defense. So my role player for defense is – again, I took this definition a little bit differently this time. This gentleman is somebody who is not a consistent starter, and I don't believe he will be a consistent starter again this year. But his impact will be often and immediate, not only on defense, but also on special teams. And I know this isn't just about special te- or just about defense, and I had to throw in the special teams part of it a little bit because he is tackling over there. Mm-hmm. So Bo Bauer is my role player. I, I think they're going to move him around. I think he's going to start some. He's going to ro- rotate a lot. He's going to be an integral. I mean, he's named a captain, for goodness sake, right? We just don't know what that role is going to be. Is he going to start in Columbus? Maybe. Is he not? I don't know. He was in the starting mic position every time we were there. Take that for what it's worth. I think he's going to have a big role in this defense. It may not be as a full-time starter, but I think he's going to be integral in what they want to do defensively because he is pretty versatile. And he is, when he's in the role that he can handle, he can be very, very effective. And I think they can figure out what his role is and get him you know, squared away to where he can be very effective in this defense. So Bo Bauer is my role player on defense. Vince is definitely staying tried and true. He is not That's wavering right. off of his, his uh, like, so Vince is the president of the Cam Hart fan club. He's the honorary president of the Bo Bauer fan club. So he's staying true. He's <laughs> staying true today. I appreciate that. I can respect that. I can Thank respect you. that. Thank All right, you. Ryan, what, what say you? I'm going to go with Clarence Lewis for this one. Because I think that he still qualifies because he is the most underrated aspect in the secondary, in my opinion. And there's a lot of people that are extremely down on Clarence Lewis. And I think he has an opportunity to quiet a little bit of the the skepticism, you know, and to play good, solid football. Will he ever be the best player in the secondary? No, because there's a couple absolute studs back there with Brandon Joseph and Cam Hart. But I think the definition of a role player is a guy that just does what he does at a good solid pace and you can count on him. Right. And I think for Notre Dame to be the best possible secondary, they can be Clarence Lewis needs to play solid to good football. So I'm expecting him to take a nice little jump and to him to maybe not be the flashy part of the secondary, but to be a more consistent part of the secondary. So I'm going to go with Clarence Lewis and a little bit of a bounce back year for him. Like I'm, I'm kind of liking the fact that we're not all on the same page on these guys. I thought the show was going to be over in like 15 minutes because we were all going to pick the same guys. We're definitely not doing that. I honestly thought we were all going to go with Justin Adamiola. I really did. I mean, he's not a starter, right? right? I mean, right. He's a rotation guy. I, the yeah. And I thought if somebody went in a different direction, they would go with Jordan Patelho. Those are my two picks. Those are my – it kind of came down to those two guys for me. I'm going I had with Justin, Jacob Lacey written down. Jacob Lacey, too. okay. That'd be, that'd be a good one. That'd be a good one. I think I Jordan Patel is interesting because if he can continue to do what he's been doing, I could see him going being top role player. I could see him being a breakout player for Notre Dame this year. He could do a lot of different – he'd fall into a lot of those different things. I'm going with Jason from the trust factor. Like I know he's going to play. I know he's going to be a part of this thing, and he's going to be a very, very important piece of the, of the nickel package. He's going to be a very important piece of the rotation to make sure that Isaiah Foskey's not getting worn down because you know you can trust him to put him in the game and he's going to get pressure on the quarterback. So I'm going with Justin Adamiola as my role player uh, for this season. Now, I'm going to go a team role player, guys. See if you agree with me on this one. Ooh. We're going to go Ooh. with one role player for the entire team, Ooh. and I think it's kind of easy, and it's going to be Xavier Watts. Oh, He's okay. the only kid I think Fair. he's going to end up playing this year on both sides of the ball at some point in time. He's going to be a key member of the special teams. 
I think if they give him a legitimate shot on offense, he's going to catch balls this year. I think he's going to his number is going to have to be called at some point time at safety or nickel at some point, of course, on special teams. So my team wide best role player is going to be Xavier Watts. So I had to get him in here. Love it. So, guys, let's go with some newcomers. And this one, maybe we might finally get all on the same page. So let's – I know at least one of these is going to be pretty obvious. But let's go – now, it would have been a little different. So let's go freshman year on offense. And I think it would have been a lot more debatable if Jadarian Price doesn't get injured. That's fair. I I do think that's fair. And I think it might even be a little bit debatable if Eli Raritan didn't have offseason knee surgery. If he was full go from the beginning of camp to end, I think it would be a little bit more debatable. But even then – even I then, think I know where we're going. It's still so going to be, yeah. It's still going to be Tobias Merriweather. I'm not even going to lead anything up to it because it's obvious for everybody in the chat in this room or anybody that even comes close to following Notre Dame football. It has to be Tobias Merriweather, not only because of the depth issues at wide receiver, because the dude is good. I mean, he's really, really good. And I think even if they did not have the depth issues, it would still. I mean, I still think he's going to get playing time as a freshman. I still think he's the freshman of the year on offense. I I just, I just do. So Tobias Merrill, even if those other two guys that you talked about didn't have any injuries, we, they were both going to be full go, et cetera, et cetera. It's Tobias Merriweather for me. It still would have been. Not so fast, my friend. Oh. I'm just kidding. Tobias Merriweather. <laughs> well, let me, I do want to ask this though. If Jadarian doesn't get hurt and, and the premise I said, and Eli Raritan is fully healthy this off season, do, do you even think for a second about adding one of those guys? And the only reason I say that is because of the opportunity that is there at tight end with Mitchell Evans going down. The fact that Kane Barong had offseason surgery, would it have changed anything for you guys? Or was it ultimately going to end up being Tobias no matter what? I, I would I would have said personally, I would have had a big debate, honestly, internally with if Jadarian Price was healthy. Because, I mean, Brian, you had gotten some intel that like, Jadarian's pushing the start, he was man. The, he, like, he's playing yes. By the end of the spring, football. we were told that that if he – now, part of that was Chris Tyree really wasn't there all spring. Right, right? sure. But that he was their best back this spring. I mean, that's that's yeah. what I was told. I mean, and and, and I I remember I was like, so hold on. So did Audric and Logan have bad springs? Like, no, they were fine. Logan was a little bit not 100% at the beginning of fall camp because he was coming back from knee injury. Uh, but he was fine. Audric had a great spring. It was just that's how good Jadarian Price was. And we saw it in the spring game with that 50-yard touchdown on the screen where he just was like, okay, that kid's got some juice now. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I still would have gone with Tobias. Yeah. You guys know he was my number one ranked recruit in last year's class, and the need at the position <clears throat> is – and he's going to get coached. And the good thing about Tobias is either way, he was a kid that came in a little bit more advanced than a lot of the freshmen that they've signed in recent years. This kid knows how to play football. Sure. So I, I've got I've to go with Tobias on this one as well, yeah. guys. No brainer. Let's go defense, Vince. I actually do think there's several more candidates on this side of the ball. There were definitely several coming into fall camp. I think a couple, at least one other guy has emerged through fall camp. So let's have some fun with this one. Of course, this one, now that I think this one was more debatable, is the one we'll probably all go be on the same page with. But Vince, let's go with defense. I, I, I went with the softball pick on this one as well. It's Jaden Mickey. I mean, he was the one that broke out in the spring. He had a he had an advantage over some of the guys because he was, you know, o- over Benjamin Morrison, for example who is ascending during fall camp. I think that's who you're referring yeah. to. Mm-hmm. He's ascending. He's He has a chance of being on the field too. He has a chance of not being redshirted because of special teams and all of these different things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think if he would have come in in the spring, it's more debatable for me than it is right now. Oh, I think it wouldn't be debatable. Okay. If he that's- was here in the spring, I don't think it'd be debatable. <laughs> I think that's it would right. be Benjamin Morrison. Okay. Well, right, my point. Yes. right now it's yeah. Jade Mickey and yeah. he's, he's the number two nickel. He's going to play. And I love his swag. I love how he does things. I really, really do. He's shot himself up the depth chart. It For me, it was easy. It was Jaden Mickey. My second place is Junior Tui Alamaka. Okay. I do think he's going to see the field, you know, with the varsity this year outside of special teams. I think he's going to get some time at the linebacker position. I just don't know that he's going to get enough time to be the freshman yeah. of the year, quote right. unquote, right? So I'm going with Jaden Mickey. Not only did me and Vince have the, have, the fir- have the top, the same answer, Jaden Mickey, we had the, the same top two. Junior Toyolamaka was going to be the second guy. For me, it's Mickey because he's taking advantage of everything from the spring into the fall, and he has the opportunity to play inside, to play outside. I think he I think he has a very good opportunity to have an inside track towards playing time this year and to play a lot down the line. So he's my easy answer for this one. I, I honestly didn't even have much of a debate on this one. I, I wanted to mention Junior because of everything he's done Absolutely. from his 
spring to fall, which has been fantastic. But I'm going to go with Jade Mickey because I think there's a need at corner, and I think that he could potentially help fill it. Couple things for me. I coming into fall camp, I would have it would have been more debatable for me with Junior because, but I think Bo Bauer, from everything I've heard, has had a really good fall yeah. camp, and I think Bo is going to play a little bit more Mike maybe than I thought he was going to beginning of the season. Fair. So I think that's one for me. I think Benjamin Morrison has had a great fall camp from everything I've heard. He's going to be a, a guy that's going to be hard to keep off the field, but I think Jaden Mickey's. I think Vince, you nailed it. The experience he had in the spring, getting action at nickel. You can actually do more with him now, moving him around more right. because of that advanced time. And he's a just good football player. So I, I'm going to go with Jaden Mickey, but I, I, you know, look, Jalen Sneed's a guy that I think, you know, could potentially Ryan be for the defense. What you referred to about Audrick estimate, maybe he doesn't play a ton early, but by the end of the season could really work himself into a rotation, especially if we start to see like maybe Jordan Patello playing a little bit more as a pass rusher. So I think those are some different guys that I, that I could consider breaking out for Notre Dame. And, and if there's an injury, obviously there's plenty of freshmen kind of waiting oh, to yeah. be thrust in. Jo- you know, uh, Josh Burnham's a guy, you know, obviously JT, if there's an injury at Mike is ready to just become that dude. So, you know, Tyson Ford is, is waiting in the wings. If there's sure. an injury up front, you know, so there's some freshmen who, who could be thrust into a spot that, that I think they would thrive in, but I'm going with you guys. I mean, when I have to pick one, it's Jaden Mickey, just because I think, like you said, he'll play some nickel, he'll play some outside, he'll be part of the rotation, and he's a guy that I think is going to be a, a a good freshman for Notre Dame this year. How good that remains to be seen. Yeah, but he's yep. going to be get the most action and and I think play yeah. the most and and produce the most. And so that's who I'm going with. Guys, let's go top big man next. Right now, this can be anybody that's I, I would say. Let's kind of stick to the line. For the mm-hmm. offensive line, I'll say defensive line. If you want to go with a mic, you can go with a mic, depending on who that is. But let's go with top big man. for the, So for the Notre Dame offense, it's one of your five offensive linemen spots. Yep. Who is your top big man in the 2022 season? Who do you predict is going to, at the end of the year, I'm going to say that was their best offensive lineman this year? Vince, why don't you kick us off? Well, they got they have one preseason All-American, I believe, right, on the offensive line. It's Jarrett Patterson. I mean, he he – if all things were equal – and let's say Fisher was, you know, the same age and he had as many starts under his belt. Same thing with Joe Alt, right? Those guys are still maturing. They're still getting better. I think they're still going to be really, really good. Don't get me wrong. But I just think that the stars have aligned for Jared Patterson. I think he made an excellent decision to come back to Notre Dame for this year to get coached by Harry Heastan. I think he's going to take full advantage of it. You know, he's he keeps being named the best center in the country, even though he doesn't play center anymore, which is hilarious to me. But I think he's going to take advantage of the move to to guard, and I think he's just going to dominate. I really do. I, I think at the even at the end of the year, he's still going to be Notre Dame's number one offensive lineman, and he's Notre Dame's number one offensive lineman going into the year as well. It's good, and that's and it's saying a lot because as I think the offensive line is going to be great, and I think individually you could make a case for a lot of these guys to be great. I just think Jarrett Patterson is better at this stage in his career compared to where they are in their career. So I got to go with Jarrett Patterson. I, I consider Jarrett Patterson heavily. I actually went with Joe Alt in this one, which might be a little bit of a surprise because I think that you can make an bit. argument that Blake Fisher could have the best highs of the group. But I ultimately went with Joe Alt, left tackle, who I think is just going to play so well from a consistent basis, like game in game out in a position that is just so important to this offense. I think that Joe Walt is going to have a rise this year. I, I I would not be surprised by the end of the season. If he's one of the best left tackles in all of college football, and that's not just sophomore left tackles, right? Like I think that he has that type of upside. So when you couple everything with the consistency factor, the game in game out approach that he has and the, the fact that he plays left tackle, I went with Joel because I think that he's just a very important player for this offense. And he might just be a little more consistent than Blake Fisher, maybe not the highs, but just across the board, give you a calming presence presence at left tackle. Both good picks. I can't argue against either one of them. I think Jarrett Patterson will be a steady player for Notre Dame this year, be the leader up front. He's got to stay healthy and he's got to avoid the ups and downs that he has had. I mean, look, that's my issue with, with Jarrett Patterson. Even last year as a senior, he was a very inconsistent player. I'm going to chalk that up to what was around him 
and not so much a Jarrett problem as a what was around him problem and how we've talked about how that can impact the center. Sure. I think Joe Walt, I mean, if Joe Walt is just the guy he was last year, Ryan, he's one of the 10 to 12 best left tackles in college football because he's so steady. But I'm going dominance here, fellas. I'm going with the most dominant player. I think by, I think it's going to be pretty quickly. I think by the middle of the season, we're going to be talking about Blake Fisher being their best offensive lineman. And, you know, maybe he, maybe he won't be as consistent, but he was pretty consistent in the opener last year till he got hurt. He was pretty consistent in the bowl game. He's been really good in fall camp from everything I've heard. He's playing a little bit of attitude. He's been involved in a couple of the scuffles, which I don't, I don't love scuffles, but I do kind of like the fact that, that Blake was playing with that edge that kind of resulted in some of those things. And I think that to me, like I always have a hard time handling fights, right? Like, cause I'm not a big fan of like camp fights and I just, some you know, people like, love it. They eat it up. Yeah, and I know. And I'm not a big – I mean, it's one thing for pushing and shoving. I'm talking like a fight where, like, helmets are getting ripped off. And right. I'm not a big fan of that. But Spoke, Spoken like a true offensive guy. I mean, spoken like a coach who doesn't want guys to get I, injured I, or suspended I, or to create I, friction I, in the I, locker room. I mean, I whatever. Guess, I guess you didn't like the Aaron you know. Donald incident. Then, uh, uh, where no. Was, uh, it's helmets. assault, brother. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, – uh, do that outside of the football field and you're going to jail. That's all I'm saying. Although you could say that about tackling and you know, other stuff too. But, uh, you know, one of the things for me is I, I'm just, I believe there's going to be a time where your dominant guy has got to be that dude. And when games are on the line and you need a yard or you need a touchdown or whatever, I just feel like they're going to dial up Blake. And I think he's going to be their most dominant player. I think he's going to be more consistent maybe than some people think he is. And I get where we come from with Joel, right? There's two reasons why we think Joel is going to be consistent, right? Number one is because that's what he was last year. And number right. two, he does have that NFL pedigree. You know, he does have a dad who was a, you know, a, a longtime NFL offensive lineman, right? So, I mean, that, that, that matters, pedigree. right? Yeah. That matters. But I just feel like Blake has been pretty steady as well, and I think that he's got the dominance factor. And I just think that that having a sixth-year guy like Josh Lug right beside him is going to help him. I think not having the pressure of playing left tackle is going to help Blake. He can just go out there and dominate, and I think he's going to do just that. So I'm going Blake Fisher as my as my pick for the top lineman for the Notre Dame offense. Can I can I just say how? fortuitous it is for Notre Dame that we all three had different offensive linemen of the five mm-hmm. that are their best. I mean, I hope we're having this argument at the end of the year. No, absolutely. But I mean, that, that yeah. has to bode well. For, yeah. I mean, we had five to choose from. We all chose, we chose three of the five. Right. essentially. And I, I'm telling you, I have a lot of high hopes for this offensive line. And if this comes to fruition, then yeah, they're going to have a really yeah. good offensive line. And, yeah, and, it, and Brian, you mentioned Zeke Carell as your uh, as your role player, right? The offensive role player, if I remember correctly, as a potential option. Briefly. Yeah, as yeah, a potential yeah. option, right? Like, just yep. all I need from Zeke is just be a solid player week after week. Don't make mistakes. Right. Just snap the ball where it's supposed to go. Do your assignment. I don't need you to be dominant. I don't need you to take a nose guard and blow him fifteen yards off the ball. Just do your job. Just do your job. Let the dominance be with other guys. Let Jarrett dominate. Let Blake dominate. Let those other guys dominate. I think that's kind of what I want to see. And then, of course, you know, Josh Lug got to stay healthy. But, I mean, it's it's going to be a unit thing. But I hope by the end of the year we're having a debate about who is this the, that guy. I hope it's not yeah. one guy, unless it's just one guy was like Quentin Nelson, right? right. Like, right. you know, we could have had to – I mean, Alex Bars was great in 2017. He was great at right guard. Mike McGlinchey was an All-American. But there was no debate that it was Quentin Nelson. If it's that kind of no-brainer, cool. I'm good right. with it. But right. I actually kind of hope we're having this conversation. I'm like, you know, hey, man, they this guy played well. This guy played well. What about your case? What about your case? I hope we're having that conversation at the end of the year. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Let's go defense, guys. I mean, I, I gotta think this one is gonna be on the same page. But let's go ahead and start things offense. Let's see if I'm right that we're well, we've had one so two so far, right? We we all agreed on freshman of the year. On both mm-hmm. sides of the ball, correct? That's the only one so far we've yes. been on the, on the same page. Okay, so yep. let's go top defensive lineman or middle linebacker. Right, we'll kind of use some of the – was it the Outland Trophy, right? Or is it the Lombardi? Outland, I believe, is like 
is that one where they're both available for it. So let's go. Let's go, Vince. Start us off. Who is the best lineman, the best big man on the Notre Dame defense? Well, look, there's a lot of big men on the defense that are going to make waves this year. There's no doubt about it. I've got one of my bold predictions has a lot to do with the front uh, for, for this defense. But when it comes right down to it, if we're talking the best, it has to be Isaiah Foskey. Sure. I mean, it just – I would be a fool to pick anybody else. Not calling either one of you a fool if you go a different direction. But for me, it, it begins and ends with Isaiah Foskey. I think he's got a, he's got a shot at breaking the, all, the, the single season sack record this year. I mean, the dude's putting in work. He's a specimen in so many different ways. It just it has to be Isaiah Foskey. I don't have anything else to say. It, it's Foskey. I think the only the only thing I'll say is, is Vince, is you would agree that if somebody's going to be better than him, they're going to have to have a monster season. Absolutely. Right? So you'd have to be predicting a monster season if you're going to go with right. somebody else. I would. I I feel like we can't do a, a kickoff show, Ryan. Before you get to yours, I just want to say this: I feel like you can't have a a kickoff show about Notre Dame without having some sort of reference to the great loose emoji, right? I think loose emoji might have a thing or two to say about the all time sack record at Notre Dame. Because they didn't, they didn't count sacks when Ross Brown was playing. <laughs> I just want to throw that out there uh, in honor of the, of the great one, loose emoji. But uh, the uh, modern sack record uh, is something that I do agree with you, Vince, is in play for Isaiah Foskey's year. Ryan, why don't you go? Why don't you go next? I mean, they didn't have sacks for Alan Page either, right? And he was That's playing true. obviously at Notre Dame. That's so true. You, know, you never know. That's to true. your point, I went with Isaiah Foskey as well. It's, it, I mean, I'll leave it as easy as possible. He's a preseason All American. He's a potential first-round pick in the NFL draft next seat next year, and I don't even think he's close to touch his ceiling. Like I just, I still think that he can be so much better than he already is. And if he's already that good with still massive upside, I think not only does he have the floor because we saw what he was last year, he also has the ceiling. I think that it's 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 unlimited how good Isaiah Foskey could be this year if he hits near a ceiling. Guys, before we go to the X Factor one, Vince, I just want to make sure that you got that that uh, text for me that you're prepared for that. I didn't respond. Sorry. Uh, yeah, just making sure. Just making sure. I didn't want to set you. I'm like, oh, I didn't see the text. My bad. Uh, guys, there's, there's. I mean, it can't, it can't be. I mean, like the kind of year that Jason Adamiola, for example, would have to have to be better than Isaiah Foskey, assuming Isaiah Foskey is healthy and goes through the whole season, right? Because we're always assuming that we're not predicting that someone's going to get hurt and somebody else is the best guy. He'd have to have like an Aaron Donald type season to really be better than Fos- I mean, because Foskey's going to produce, right? I mean, he'd have yeah. to have a 18 tackles for loss, 12 right. sack kind of year, you know, like, and of course, that's not quite what Aaron Donald had, but you guys get the point. It, it'd have to be a monster season for him to be better than, than Isaiah Foskey, even if Isaiah simply repeats what he did last year. That's right. the thing is if Isaiah just repeats what he did last year, he's one of the five to six best defensive ends right. in all college football, right? Correct. I mean, even if you just, repeats exactly what he did last year because his usage I think this year is going to be higher like we talked about this Ryan you and I did a show recently where we talked about the Isaiah Foskey's sacks plus hits on the quarterback rate per pass rush was almost equal to that of Will Anderson his run stop rate this is according to pro football focus his run stop rate was actually higher than Will Anderson's on a per snap per opportunity basis I think he's going to be used more this year which I think is going to result in him I don't know if he's going to have a lot more sacks than he had last year, but I do think we're going to see more tackles for loss this season, you know, three or four more tackles for loss. So I just can't, I can't go anywhere other than, than Isaiah Foskey guys. It just, yeah, it's a right. no <laughs> Right. So let's, let's go with the X factor. That's what we're going to do next. We're going to start off with the X factor on both sides of the ball. And guys, this is exactly what it means. It's the X factor. He may not be the best player. He may not be the most valuable player, but it's the guy that you look at the end of the year, and because this guy stepped up, this team reaches full potential. Who or if and if this guy doesn't step up, this team is going to have a chance to reach to not reach his full potential. There's the obvious ones, and you can pick an obvious one, or you can think outside the box a little bit. So who is the X, X, X factor? And I'm very curious if Ryan and I are going to pick. I have a feeling Ryan and I might pick the same guy. So Vince. I should make a caveat. You can't say Tyler Buckner. If you had Tyler as your breakout player, you can't have him as your X factor because that would be True. easy. No, no, that's a that good would point. be easy. So that's let's look point. at a different one. Yeah, on offense and defense. Right. I, I think there's a no brainer on on special teams. Right. Can we all agree <laughs> that it's this one on special teams? I mean, right. Okay. John Scott. Yeah, I agree. Okay. <laughs> so I mean, Vince, kick us off. Older, so kick you know. us off, Vince. 
Um, you know, I, w- I was going a couple of different ways in my head with this one. I, I wanted to go the obvious way and since it was an X factor, go with Xavier Watts, but I don't think the season hinges on whether he's going to be good ah, or bad. I, see what you did okay? <laughs> I, I, I wanted to go that route because I'm, I am really high on Xavier Watts and what he's going to do. Okay. But I'm going to go with Chris Tyree here because I think Chris Tyree needs to be a dude. He needs to be a dude for this offense to be really, really good. He needs to be a dude in handoffs. He needs to be a dude in the slot. He needs to catch the football. He, I mean, he needs to be a well-rounded running back that we all know and seen him be. But if he's not that guy, I'm not saying that the rest of the running backs are, aren't any good. But if they want to be the best offense that they can be, I think Chris Tyree has to be that guy. Okay. My, mine's Braden Lindsay. I, I think that that's, I mean, look, I, I said, I I've been hurt by brain Lindsay in the past. And of course I'm just being, I'm just being funny, right? Like I'm still, I'm just trying to tell a joke there, but he, I think, I think in the passing game, Notre Dame should be able to create some explosive plays this year. Cause I think the pass protection is going to be better. I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be worried about the run game and about Tyler Buckner's dynamic ability to run the football as well. I'm going to go with brain Lindsay because he's the type of guy that I think can take the top off could work in the RPO game, do the screen stuff, do the gadget stuff. If he is what we think that he can be, what his talent dictates, then he brings such a different layer to this offense that is not available with him, without him, in my opinion. So I think if Lindsey is who we think he can be, then this offense could be extremely explosive. And I think that they need him. That's a good one. That's a very good one. Vince, yours was a very good one as well. I mean, look, what's the thing we, we always hear about Notre Dame? Like, oh, they don't have speed. They don't have speed. They don't have speed. Yeah. Well, okay, there's two guys in this football team more than any other that can kind of shut that conversation up for this particular team, and it's Chris Tyree and Braden Lindsey. They are two yeah. proven explosive yeah. playmakers, meaning they have proven that they can be explosive. We've seen, obviously, Chris Tyree already has two 90-plus-yard touchdowns in his career, right? We've seen his explosiveness. Brayden Lindsay has a 70-plus yard touchdown in his career, a 60-plus yard touchdown in his career, and a 50-plus yard touchdown in his career. So we're not even talking about guys that we, we hope can be big play guys, guys we have seen can be big play guys. I'm going a little bit of a different direction. I love what both of you guys said. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm going with Lorenzo Styles, And the reason I'm going Lorenzo Styles is because I feel like if Lorenzo is just a good, steady role player, I mean, I think well, some some people in the chat talked about him as potential role player. People, you know, maybe as a breakout player. I don't think he has to necessarily be a breakout player, but if he is simply kind of what Miles Boykin was in 2018, 50 catches, 800 plus yards. If he can be like a legitimate number two receiver, as as far well, number two pass catcher, because the All number right. one pass catcher would be Michael Mayer. The better that Lorenzo Styles is, and I'm not going to put a number cap on it. I'm just talking about impact. The better he is, the harder this offense is to stop because you know teams are going to try to key to the run game and they're going to try to key on Michael Mayer. I think, and Ryan, you may disagree with this, and, and if you do, feel free to say this because you you come from a defensive background. I think if, you're, if you have a good run-stopping game plan, then also stopping a really good passing – catching tight end is is somewhat in the same wheelhouse it's not necessarily two completely different things like if you're going to try to stop the run and then also defend you know will fullard x or chase claypool 2019 at w i think it, the, it can be kind of still condensed and, type and, of thing. and the yeah. people you're going to use to shut down the run kind of have that tight end and their line of sight uh sure. in order to double team them you know so hey your run fit is your key in the, the tight end through the running back that kind of mm-hmm. thing can't do that with an x or a w the more impactful that 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 Lorenzo Styles is, and and Ryan, I I agree with everything you said about Brain Lindsay. The reason I'm going with Lorenzo is because I think Lorenzo might be a little bit more of a volume guy than Braden is. Yeah. But I'll say this: if we're having this conversation at the end of the year between you and I, especially Ryan and Vince, yours is a no-brainer. I mean, Chris Tyree has to be that dude this year in the run game, and I think that he will. I but Ryan, will. if if you and I are having this conversation at the end of the year about who is it, is it, is it Lindsay and, and styles? And there's actually a conversation to be had. This team is going to be really, really special. So you could even cheat and say, Hey guys, it's that combination of styles and Lindsay really stepping up and providing some big play opportunities. They don't necessarily have to be thousand yard players, but they have to be guys. that if you don't game plan them for them, they're going to hurt you. Oklahoma state didn't game plan for Lorenzo styles last year. And he torched them. Yep. You know, they they didn't game plan to shut Chris Tyree down in the pass game last year, and he torched them. 
And I think the same thing could be true this year for Brayden Lindsay as well. But I'm going Lorenzo Styles just because I think the volume potential could be there. And I already picked Brayden Lindsay for one. And I'm going to try to mix them up a little bit. So, it, uh, Brian, if all three of those guys are in the X-Factor conversation, then Notre Dame is making some explosive yeah. plays next year, yeah. sir. Yep. That's all I have exactly to say. Right. Yep. Yep. All right, fellas, let's go defense. Vince, yep. why don't you kick, it, kick us off? Who is the X-Factor for the Notre Dame defense? So I am trying to not – repeat guys right so uh i didn't use maris leofile earlier and so okay. this is where he's coming in to play for me i think he can be an x factor for this defense because he didn't play last year and so he, you're infusing a healthy maris leofile into this defense and what he can do man it's gonna give this defense a whole other feeling i'm, I'm just i'm so excited to see him like i'm almost giddy about it defensively to see what he brings to the table at linebacker, et cetera. I'm really excited to see what he can do. So he's my X factor because he wasn't on the field last year. And so bringing him in, it's a whole new equation defensively. So he's my X factor. I think he can take this defense to another level. I I had Riley Mills for this one because I think that Early on in the season, we've talked about this a bunch, Brian. Like the offensive coordinators going against Notre Dame are going to like be like number seven. He's not going to do it against right. us today, right? Like he's not going to wreck games. And I think they're also going to be like, okay, I also saw fifty-seven on film, right? Like I know that we have to pay attention to him a little bit. The other playmaking position up front, I think that can be is Riley Mills at big ends, and I think that if Isaiah Foskey and this defensive line are as good as they can be this year. It's because Riley Mills has taken up some pressure off of Isaiah Foskey, off of Jason Adam Alola, because he's going to have a lot some one-on-one opportunities early. And I think if he's able to take advantage, then that frees up other guys. And that's like the ultimate X factor to me is not only do I think Riley Mills can make a lot of plays, I also think that he can take pressure off of other guys so that they can kind of get loose and, and have an impact, even more of an impact. So we're with Riley Mills because I think that he can really help to take a lot of pressure off of the known commodities on the defensive line already. For me, guys, I I was kind of battling back and forth between two corners. Okay. And and there's a lot of people talking about Brandon Joseph. We'll get to him here in a little bit. Yes, we will. Uh, I'm going Tariq Bracey. And hear me out as to why. There's going to be some games where Tariq Bracey playing well really is irrelevant. It just doesn't matter whether he does or doesn't. They don't need him to win that game. But as you look at the schedule and you think about what are the big games on this team schedule, Ohio State in the opener, right? North Carolina on the road. It's going to be a big game right now. North Carolina didn't light the world on fire last year, last week or last night, but I really don't care about openers in that regard, guys. Teams get better. Do you guys remember the year in 2016? By the end of the year, USC could have played with anybody. Week one, they didn't belong in the field with Alabama, right? Things change. Teams evolve. You get new players. Guys grow up, whatever the case may be. BYU, Clemson, BC, and USC. Those are the games, fellas, that are going to determine Notre Dame's season. And then if you get into the postseason and you're trying to win a championship, you may have a rematch against Ohio State again, and Alabama is going to be there. Who's the guy that has to be able to come out there and give those kind of speed cover reps? It's Tariq Bracey. If Tariq Bracey can play at his best, the guy that we saw lock people down against Georgia in 2019, breaking up passes in the end zone. The guy that we saw lock down Florida State speed receivers in 2018. The guy that we saw come in for Dante Vaughn in 2018 against Pitt and just lock dudes down. The guy that we have seen flash throughout his career, if he can be that guy, and I don't even care if it's consistently. It don't care if it's consistently. I'm looking at this from a different point of view. If he can just be that way in the big games – he can be a difference maker. He can make Jackson Smith and Jigba work for his yards, which could help create enough stops to maybe be in that game with a chance to win at the end. He can be that guy that can go say, hey, look, I'm not asking Clarence Lewis to go cover Mario Williams because I'm not a bad coach, right? So I'm either going to help him out over top, but at times I'm going to put Tariq outside and maybe put Clarence in the slot or put Jaden Mickey in the slot and say, hey, Tariq, I need you to run with that kid a little bit. Right, He gives you that option that nobody else on this roster really has at this point in time. They're going to need him in some of those big games, fellas. And so to me, Tariq Bracey playing one of those big games could ultimately be the difference, the final difference between winning, a, a, losing a close game or winning. And so I'm going with Tariq Bracey on that one, fellas. Anybody want to push back against that? 
No, I like it. I like it. I actually did, Brian, he was in like my top three. Mm -hmm. I wrote down a few guys and I kind of like, you know, I I tried to make sure I didn't repeat some guys as well. You just sounded like Al Pacino doing his speech, though, in any given Sunday. You're like, there's a difference between winning and losing. (laughs) It's a game of inches. Will you fight for that inch? Will you claw for that inch? Yeah, nope, that's Uh, I might have to watch that before the uh, Ohio State game. There you go. There you go. 